When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hi, cuties. So going into the summer, Donnie and I pre-recorded several episodes, and the episode you're about to listen to is one that was recorded before the SAG strike started. So most of you are probably aware, but if you're not, let me give a little update about what's been going on in the entertainment industry. So right now, the WGA and SAG-AFTRA are currently striking because they want studios and streaming services to offer better pay, increase royalties, make higher contributions to their pensions and their health plans, and put safeguards in place for the use of AI in the industry. Donnie and I stand with SAG, AFTRA, and the WGA while they negotiate for a fair contract. So we're going to be figuring out next steps for what this podcast will look like during the strike. But in the meantime, do not watch this movie. Just listen to us talk about it. Hello, I am Donnie and I am the cute one. And I'm Chelsea and I am the cute one. And we are joined by the cutest one. And that is Quinn Lamar, who is the feature comic on the Kevin James Thornton tour and Judy Greer specialist of this pod. Hey, Quinn. What's up? I am the cutest of all of us and I am a Judy Greer expert. That is true. You are. (laughs) Even though this is not a Judy Greer movie we're covering on today's podcast, we just needed you on because in honor of Halle Berry's birthday... We're covering the 2004 critically panned box office flop, (laughs) Catwoman. Loved it. (laughs) Saw it in theaters on premiere night. Loved it. Oh, on premiere night. That adds a layer to Mm -hmm. it. That adds a lot of layers. I'm here to represent for fellow Leo, Halle Berry, (laughs) a fellow cat. Meow. Yeah, okay. (laughs) When Chelsea was watching, she texted me and said, when does Batman arrive? Unfortunately, never. But do you have experience with Batman and Catwoman at all? So, kind of. I watched Batman Forever like every single week growing up. That's the worst one. Well, that's the only one I've seen. That was my brother's favorite. Oh, the gay one. I loved it. That was talk about camp. We got that little Iceman. We got the little green guy causing chaos. We've got the two-faced guy. We've got the penguin. No, that's the second one. Those are not the same one. Oh, so maybe I've seen two Batman. (laughs) If you've seen the penguin, you've seen Catwoman. Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. Yes, I've seen her. You've seen Nikki Kidman. I've never seen this Catwoman. Uh Most people didn't. I was a little confused about logistics because I literally kept waiting for Batman to come. But instead, no, it was just Catwoman and and a cop. cop. Every morning after turning into a cat, it was like she had gone out and blacked out on tequila and was waking up trying to get her bearings. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that is gay about this movie and I think that's one of them. I mean, how many gay men have gone out and done something crazy and woke up the next day and had no idea what they did? (laughs) Or that girl from Cheetah Girls. Last night I was drunk. I don't remember much. (laughs) Keely Williams? The sex was spectacular. You know that song. I am familiar with that song. (laughs) For some reason, 
Chelsea expected Batman to show up, which is a logical thing to think, I think. <laughs> it reminds me of somebody that I once dated who... Donnie's eyes just fully flashed. Gone Girl <laughs> is with us as we speak. Quinn, sleep with one eye open tonight. You never dated anyone before me. We were watching a new version of Robin Hood. Men in tight? No, I said a new version of Robin Hood. I was an adult. <laughs> what was the new version? Was it a porn? I can't remember. They remake a Robin Hood like every 10 years. Don't act like they don't. <laughs> if there's one thing that white men in Hollywood love to do is to remake the same movie over and okay. over. <laughs> but that's not the point. The point is, I was dating this guy and like I was watching the movie and he came and he was like, when does Tinkerbell come in? <laughs> and I will never forget that. Because even though I thought that was ridiculous, I kind of understood where he was coming from on that. Mm -hmm. So that's what that reminds me of. Of course, it makes (laughs) sense for Batman to show up because, you know, who cares about a superhero or a villain without their hero? You know, like the Black Adam movie. That's the thesis of Unbreakable. You need the villain and the good guy for the good guy to be good and the bad guy to be bad. But I guess the thesis of this movie was just women can be bad, but then they have to leave society. (laughs) But they can only be as bad as they want to be. Their badness, their Their choice. choice. That's Mm -hmm. beautiful, if you ask me. I would love to leave society, honestly. I would love to just be like, you know, I'm done. You'd be powerful. That's what Ophelia Power said. But wait, I do want to talk about this week in history. We jumped quickly into Catwoman, and why wouldn't we? So much plot to cover. I don't know if we're going to get to it all. I mean, production seemed to jump quickly into it. (laughs) The cat was out of the bag. But this week in history, the movie came out July 23rd, 2004. Quinn was at the premiere, apparently. Mm -hmm. Number one at the box office, not this movie. It was The Born Supremacy. Number two at the box office, not this movie. It was iRobot. Number three at the box office (laughs) was this movie. Number three. I mean, it was a big deal. I was there because it was the first movie starring a black female superhero with a non-white lead. Mm. You know, it was like, this is our time. We got the black woman and the Latino. Let's go and show up. Mm. And so we all went. Did you dress up in leather? And Kate Gosselin haircut? No, we didn't dress up at all. Most of the crowd were men who were loudly Mm. jeering and objectifying Holly Berry's body, now that I think about it. Mm -hmm, Feminism. But to be fair, us gays were doing it too. The plot of the movie really sunk into everybody in that audience. It was exactly like the same vibe as when the first Fantastic Four came out and Chris Evans was the human Mm. torch. It was like that same energy. He couldn't do anything without people like, ooh, yeah. That's how I felt in Not Another Teen Movie when he came out with that whipped cream on his chest and a banana in his butthole. (laughs) I think if I had gone opening night, I would have dressed up. Probably in her little like art teacher outfit from the beginning. Probably not full leather dominatrix look. But I love dressing up to a premiere. I dressed as Dumbledore every single Harry Potter premiere. I was there with my white beard, my pointed hat, there at midnight in line, you know? That's disgusting. (laughs) We couldn't do that for this movie because we had no idea what to expect. We didn't know anything about this. This was based on a comic book that nobody read. (laughs) And so I had no idea who Patience Phillips was. I had no idea what the premise of this movie was. But you could have gone to the Halloween store and gotten little cat ears at least. That's all she did. Acted like every (laughs) college girl their freshman year. Just draw whiskers and a nose on. I'm a cat. I guess I used that up for Josie and the Pussycat. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I do want to tell you one more thing about July 23rd, 2004. Confessions Mm -hmm. Part 2 was the number one song on the radio. Not racism. 
No, not really. <laughs> a little background information on the movie. I came with minimal background information because I know Quinn is a little bit of a know-it-all, and he has a lot to say about this. I so. guess this would be a good time for our new listeners to say that <laughs> Quinn and Donnie are married. Donnie is my work husband, but Quinn is his actual husband. So no, Donnie is not bullying our guest. He's bullying his husband. <laughs> which, I don't know which is worse. <laughs> yeah. I do. (laughs) Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. It was directed by Pitoff. Just one a French director. No, you can't say director. What else has he done? This. He directed the movie that makes him the director. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, of course. And he was the only one who directed it. Unlike the writing staff, it was written by 13 people. <laughs> 13 people and zero convictions. <laughs> I included two people that I want to talk about. Teresa Rebeck was the writer of Harriet the Spy. Okay. And Michael Ferris, who wrote The Net, Terminator 3, and seven episodes of Rugrats. Oh, no. I know you think that doesn't connect dots, but it does connect dots for me. What dots? It's so weird to me that 13 different people could write this, and then we still don't know why Patience is an only child. They didn't even flesh out the main character. I find that hilarious. (laughs) It's one of the things I love about this movie. Basically, these writers played that game that you play in middle school where you write a line and then, like, fold it, and then the next (laughs) person goes, and then at the end, you open Mm. it all up to see what you've created, and it was Catwoman. I Mm. think they had 13 writers because each person wrote for a different character and they're like let's hope these lines go together I hope not because if that's the case a lot of people had nothing to do <laughs> whoever wrote for that gay guy had two lines I don't think there was any dialogue for him I think that it was like you know patience dialogue Sally dialogue and then his name which I think was Lance and then it was just gay there was no dialogue <laughs> gay like on Saturday Night Live Keenan reacts The budget for this movie was $100 million, and it made $82 million, so not our best performance. That was the Oscar money. (laughs) Which brings us to awards. This didn't get an Oscar, but it did get Razzies for Worst Movie, Uh Worst Actress in a Movie, Worst Director, and Worst Screenwriting. It swept. Roger Ebert, Chelsea's best friend, gave it one out of four stars, saying... Catwoman is a movie about Halle Berry's beauty, sex appeal, figure, eyes, lips, and costume design. It gets those right. Everything else is secondary, except for the plot, which is tertiary. What a letdown. The filmmakers have given great thought to photographing Berry, who looks fabulous, and little thought to providing her with a strong character story, supporting characters, or action sequences. I'm going to say this. I've always said that all they thought about was her in that costume, and they didn't think about anything else. And not only that, I like to point out that Roger Ebert, may he rest in peace, was a long lover of black women, and that's why he said that shit. His wife was black, and he also, the one that got away from him was Oprah. (gasps) Really? He actually was the one that set up Oprah with her deal for her TV show. Like, he facilitated all that. He was to her what she was to Dr. Oz. 
and Dr. Phil, all those racist people that she amplified. Mm-hmm. That's what he was for her. Wow. We really need to talk about how she needs to vet her people. <laughs> well, I would like to now take this opportunity to once again remind everyone that Dr. Phil lost his license. He cannot practice as <laughs> a therapist because he is so unethical. Wow. But circling back to old Bob's mm-hmm. review of this movie, when he started talking about Halle Berry's eyes, her nose, her lips, and her costume design, there was a split second I thought we were going in a different direction that was like a see you next Tuesday situation. I gasped. I was like, you know what? Roger Ebert has finally snapped. I wish. I've always said, I always agree with Roger Ebert. The only difference is with this movie, this movie is so flawed. And I want to be clear that everything associated with this movie is equally flawed because I also bought the video game. Every aspect of this project was incredibly flawed. And for some reason, that made me love it more. Now, I am going into trivia, and you just brought up the video game. I know you have trivia about that. Do you want to share what you told me today? I've told you this more than once. I didn't just say it today. <laughs> I think I told you this when I met you. Halle Berry, of course, the star of the movie. There was a video game because this was around the time when superhero movies always had an accompanying video game. The video game always sucked, but they did it anyway. And... The Catwoman video game was no different. It was a terrible, glitchy game. (laughs) But the trivia about this was all of the dialogue for the game had been recorded by an actress, and it was all done. And Halle Berry found out, and she demanded that she redo all of the voice work for the character in the game because she was Catwoman. And so they scrapped that actress's work. And Halle Berry re-recorded the entire game just because she felt like she owned it. I think that's iconic. I mean, I get it. (laughs) Halle Berry was the fifth actor to possess both an Oscar and a Razzie. And she also became the first person to accept her Razzie in person. She sure did. And when she was there, she gave a short acceptance speech where she said, I'd like to thank the Warner Brothers for making me do this god-awful piece of shit movie. (gasps) With the director, I couldn't understand what the hell he was saying most of the time. She said that? Uh Uh-huh. So she was the first person ever to accept it in person? To appear and accept it. And you know what? That's Leo shit right there, right? Mm -hmm. Because what we will do is we will take all the credit when it goes wrong. We will also take all the credit when it goes right, even if we didn't do it. There you go. Meow. (laughs) One last piece of trivia. Ashley Judd was supposed to play Catwoman, and then she read the script. (laughs) I mean, not that her career fared any better after this. That's true. Yes. And she already had the haircut, so. Didn't they also think about um, Jada Pinkett and Sandra Bullock, I believe, also turned out. But then it would have been a little reunion for Miss Congeniality. Benjamin Brown. Does he only play cops? I mean, as a man of color, it's the only way for him to be respectable. I think he's either cop or criminal. Mm. Beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) There's only one way to respond to that. So there's only one tagline for this movie, so I'm going to give it to you, and you tell me whether you would fuck, marry, or kill it. Now, this was the tagline for when it was going to be in IMAX. Ready? Cat her in IMAX. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. I think those 13 writers each took a letter <laughs> and came up with that one. No, I'm going to fuck it. I love that. It's so bad. It matches the movie. Yeah, it's so bad. It's good, just like this movie. Yeah, so what are you doing, Joe? Are we going to talk about how the soundtrack was supposed to feature Britney Spears' is outrageous, <laughs> but at the last minute, 
it didn't. Well, let's stay on topic first, and then we'll loop back we'll to We'll circle that. back. I am going to fuck this tagline and then kill it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like a nice one-night stand and then, you know, throw it off a cliff. Yeah, like Laurel did to her husband. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to marry it. Oh, wow. That's what you think of me. Yeah, look inward, Donnie. Catch her in IMAX. Catch Ta-da. me outside. <laughs> now tell us about Britney Spears. That was the whole thing? Well, I already said it now. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Okay. I forgot we were in the middle of the fuck, Mary kill thing. My mistake. It's okay. You know I have trouble figuring out what you do on this wacky ass show. <laughs> this is Quinn's third time on the podcast. Every time we're done recording, he comes into the other room and says, that was so weird. <laughs> I don't think this will be any different. I thought we were really stable so far today. We are. That's because I'm steering the ship. That's not true. <laughs> I am the captain now, Quinn. <laughs> Have you seen that movie, No, Chelsea? I haven't. I yeah. Yeah. But that's iconic scenery. Mm-hmm. Scenery? What character, <laughs> if any, do you identify as? I'm Patience Phillips. Oh, is that how you see yourself? Mm-hmm. Would you like to tell us why or just... <laughs> Oh, sure. I thought it was pretty obvious. I'm black. I'm sexy. I'm a cat. I have a little bit of a duality thing to me. Mm. One side of me is like really nice. The other side of me is like, you know, sex god. And so just, I feel like I'm always towing that line. And he has that leather harness top, too. Mm-hmm. I do, actually, but it's in blue. I think okay. I'm the cat midnight because I'm often just doing ridiculous little tests and side quests for the people in my life just to see if they'll save me or do something I want them to do. And I really resonated with that cat who's pulling the strings, but also, like, why? And you also can give life. Oh, also, beautiful. I would be Sally, the coworker. Number one, she's um, horny and inappropriate at work. But also, number two, when she's using the buline. She's vain. Yeah, she knows that this is making her have headaches and be <laughs> ill, and she continues to use it. She didn't know. Well, she said, I'm addicted to this stuff. Oh, I'm so dizzy. In <laughs> one breath. Like, you can put it together, bitch. But when I used to tan all the time in high school, my grandma told me I would get skin cancer, and I told her, everybody dies some way, lady. <gasps> so... so I understand Sally's struggle. I've seen the photos. You have had many hair journeys. And I think that if you still had hair today, I do think you would be wearing pigtails on a regular basis. Like Willie Nelson? No. (laughs) Like Sally in this movie. Willie Nelson has an appropriated indigenous person vibe. You don't have that. (laughs) No, yours is like Boo from Monsters, Inc. (laughs) That's the type of pigtail energy you get. Well, I don't love that. A non-ginger pippy long stuff. (laughs) Remember when I wanted a man bun so bad, but it was only like the size of my thumb? Oh, no. I didn't have the heart to tell you that you... Yes? Tell me now. I mean, I'd seen fuller sets of pubes than the hair that you had on your head. And I did not have the heart to tell it you. It was that. not thin hair. It just wasn't. Oh, long. you did the last rally where like you weren't accepting the balding, so then you were going to grow it out the back. No, Doctor Bald went through that. I think it's an important part of the shaving balding acceptance process. Is one last hurrah. <laughs> he tried to like grow it to the side, and then I had to step in and be like, "This is a comb over." I did do a comb over. Quinn is fully lying about it looking bad. I will find a picture. It wasn't thin, and this is also going around. I hate when you two are together and I always forget until you are together and then I'm like, oh God, they see my body. <laughs> It'll be all of our turn eventually. I'm moving on. <laughs> I'm speaking fast so no one can interrupt me. We're introduced to Patience Phillips on the day she died, but also 
the day she lived. But before we can get there, we see a typical day in her life, dealing with her loud neighborhood bar, stumbling her way through her design job, giggling with her corny co-workers, and in a move that would make PETA proud, rescuing stray cats from the side of her building. What are your thoughts on Patience? I mean, I know the name gives it away, Catwoman, but when I saw that she was a Catwoman, like a woman that was going to rescue a cat, that's honestly all I really need to know about Patience. And before the cat lovers come for me, wait, take a second, pet your cat, listen to what I'm about to say. I am not a cat person. I never grew up with cats. I'm slightly allergic. However, I love cat people. My best friends are cat people because listen, cat people do not fuck around with their loyalty. Cat people will have scratches on their arms. They will have vomit in their shoe and they are ride or die, live, love cat. You want a cat person as your friend because they are in it for the long haul. Meow. We do the work without all the, you know, puppies are easy. You know, puppies oh love, love, love me. Maybe I'll pee on the road. But with a cat, yeah, you're going to get dismissed. You're going to clean up vomit often. You're going to be terrorized <laughs> by something that's nowhere near as cute as when you got it. Yeah. <laughs> what I will say is the proof positive that Patience is black is that a woman like this doesn't already have a cat. Because if she was white, she'd probably have several. So I think they play to reality. And also another part of trivia, during the film of this movie, Hallie actually adopted two cats oh that's cute they also referred to her as the hallie cat <laughs> on set jesus christ i mean <laughs> they put on some long curly hair and some baggy weird color clothes and she wasn't supposed to be the most beautiful thing in that office <laughs> but i will say that made it believable that benjamin bratt's character would be attracted to her because if she was wearing glasses and doing that <laughs> whole meek thing you know i could see a man looking at that and being like oh she's kind of quiet and kind of nerdy about it, but damn so like i can see that happening yeah you could see the cop deciding to like prey on the victim <laughs> that was in his case type Who of thing was probably a jumper <laughs> yeah. Yeah. a woman in distress he's like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna fuck that person <laughs> no my favorite game in hollywood is how they try to make beautiful women mm. the ugly duckling and it's like this is halle berry you could literally yeah. give her the george costanza haircut and honestly it might be better than the one she gets later in this movie <laughs> but she's still gorgeous in regards to her haircut that she gets i don't know what it was about becoming a cat that made her want to speak to the manager <laughs> I love that we've come a long way in black movies where we have black stylists because a white person did that to her hair because that was the driest haircut <laughs> I have ever seen. It was bad. I mean, somebody needed to check on Kate Gosling because I think she was walking around with a bald head. They just ripped that hair off of her scalp and plopped it on Halle Berry. It's bad when your hair looks like a wig and it's not. <laughs> Patience is on the design team for Beulene, Hedaire's newest beauty cream. Quinn, do you want to let us know what it can do? Well, from what I hear, it's the most innovative thing to hit the market since soap. (laughs) (laughs) Beulene. (laughs) Yeah, what Quinn said, it doesn't just fix aging, it reverses it. What is your skincare routine? Because I was so proud. I just told my friend that I started using SPF on my skin, even on days when I don't go in the sun. And she, she was like, oh, my God, that's great. Ten years too late. I said, you 
fucking bad. I am the type of person that if this shit was on the market, Bulleen. even if I knew it was going to eventually turn me into Freddy Krueger if I stopped using it, well, then you just never stop using it. Exactly. Like, I will do what it takes. My skincare <laughs> regimen is basically to stay out of the sun, drink all my water, and look like this until I'm 50. <laughs> there you go. I will mm-hmm. say that if you want to use Bulene, even though it does all that stuff, then fine. Keep using it. We want them to keep coming back because that's where the money is. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a lot of impression work from Quinn this time, not me. <laughs> Usually I'm the actor of this podcast. Sharon Stone is one of my favorite characters in this movie. I feel like everybody in this movie was in a different film. <laughs> and I feel like Halle Berry decided she was going to be in a Joel Schumacher <laughs> Batman movie. And Sharon Stone decided that she was going to be in a Batman TV show from the 60s. <laughs> it was all camp for her. It was never anything serious. Love that for and that her. That CGI cat decided it was going to be in Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Leave Scooby-Doo alone. <laughs> yeah. So even though Laurel is old, her husband replaces her as the face of this old lady cream. Patience is too busy flirting with cops and rescuing cats to do her work. So when she's late for her deadline, she finds herself in the factory after hours. I don't know why she's delivering it there, but whatever. I don't know why she's where the work should have gone. His office is there. Why is she in the factory? I don't know. Is the foreman going to take it and do it? Like, I don't get it. And it's there that she overhears George Hedare and some scientists discussing the addictive nature and dangerous long-term effects of buline. It was Laurel Hedare, not well, George. Excuse me. I don't fact check. <laughs> Being that this is information not meant for her, guards are sent to... Kill her. What kind of security is this? <laughs> like, they just let her walk in. She has a full roll of whatever, you know, presentation <laughs> she's going to give. She has, like, a desktop, a PowerPoint clicker. Like, she's not being subtle. If you're going to shoot her, maybe just lock your fucking doors. It seems <laughs> right. like it would just be, like, a logical first step to not have to murder people. No, I just think that to save money, they hired ex-cops. <laughs> oh I'm not getting off their necks. They won't get off mine. Not saying beautiful. Surely a key fob would have gone a long way getting into this building. Any little? Or even like the little punch where you each have your own code so they can track who's who's coming in and out. Even besides all of that, why was there no point of contact? Who was she going to give that to? (laughs) It makes no sense. It just doesn't. And these are one of the things that I like about this movie. (laughs) We're just here to have fun. Mm -hmm. And fun is what we had. Because as these men are trying to kill her, her escape leads her into sewer pipes where where she's flushed out and drowned. But luckily, thank God, cats are on the shore waiting to give her mouth to mouth. And she awakens a new woman. (laughs) A cat woman. This was the point of the movie where I said out loud to myself, oh, this movie is bad. You know, in any hero or villain origin story, you're waiting for the moment of like, oh, they fall into the vat of acid, the plants are poisonous, like something happens. But no, in this case, it was just a poorly done CGI cat breathing fish food into her nostrils. I'm going to have to challenge this. Okay. This is partially where the movie, I don't know if this is the way it happens in the comic book, the movie steals heavily from the Michelle Pfeiffer storyline where she is a drudge who is run over by the bigger higher up who murders her in order to keep their secret and the cat comes to save her which could lead to the thing that maybe that is who bast the goddess who orders the cats to do this Mm -hmm. 
maybe that's what she looks for. People who are caged up, downtrodden, and liberates them. Fine. Now, I will argue that it makes more sense for this cat to breathe life into her, since there's all that, you know, lore about cats stealing breath and all that stuff and killing babies, than a bunch of cats chewing on Michelle Pfeiffer's fingers, and after that, she can die nine times. No, I like that. (laughs) I like the fingers, because it's right after Christopher Walken pushes her out the window. You're like, oh! Meow! That's my Christopher (laughs) Walken's impression. (laughs) Meow! Meow! I'm a cat! (laughs) I got better fish to fry. Oh, my God. None of us sound like him. I mean, well, there's only one Christopher Walken. Now that's beautiful. Thank God, because he's creepy as hell. (laughs) Cuties, you know I am on a never-ending journey of trying to eat right and not put fried gross foods in my body because then I look and feel like a fried gross food. You are what you eat. But I do prioritize things. And when it is 90 degrees every single day in New York City, you know what I feel like not doing? cooking something healthy, which is why I turned to Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Factor can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track reaching your goals. It doesn't matter what your lifestyle is. They have anything from keto to calorie smart, vegan, veggie, and protein plus. And it's all prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. Each meal has all of the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long while meeting your goals. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to vegan and veggie meals. You know how this vegan likes to eat veal. (laughs) You too can add meat to your vegan meal. And it's not just for dinner. They even have breakfast options like apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and potato bacon and egg breakfast skillet. Or for an easy wellness boost, they have refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. A milkshake for breakfast, guys. Does it get better? I don't think so. So to get 50% off, let me repeat that. To get 50% off, head to factormeals.com slash cute150 and use code cute150 to get 50% off. That is cute150 at factormeals.com slash cute150 to get 50% off. Enjoy. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as 
Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTEONE, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. So Patience finds herself basically the opposite of everything she was before. She now has quick reflexes, sharpened senses, the ability to jump into her apartment window from the street, mood swings, the taste for eating tuna straight out of the can, speaking slowly and breathy, Tighter clothes. And a penchant for sleeping on her bookshelf instead of her bed. (laughs) I have to ask you, how do you think she shits, first of all? (laughs) Is it still in the toilet? I feel so bad for her next door neighbor's children and their poor sandbox. sandbox. Uh (laughs) Little Joe's going out there with his shovel and his little truck. That's a deleted scene. The neighbor's (laughs) like, get the fuck out of my yard. Well, it could have been... A totally different movie had they shown her cleaning herself and licking her own vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Coughing up a hairball. The hairball has a little Karen haircut. Funny you should bring that up because my next question was, what would be your favorite part of becoming a cat? For me, it would be licking my own privates. (laughs) Sitting in a cardboard box, one leg up, (laughs) just licking my dick. You had a chance to skip that, to look at your outline and make a choice that was like, you know what? Not today. Not that one. You read it and you said, no, I'm going for it. He's going for it. Leg up. Ready to go. I think it would be the nine lives. Because if we're looking at my lives, I am definitely down to only a couple based on the things I've done. Um, If I was a cat, to be completely taken care of and not do anything. Uh, yeah, and sleep for 20 hours a day. <laughs> so she hisses at strangers on the street and at work, that persona doesn't end because when her boss confronts her about missing the deadline because she is being chased through the sewers, the meek and mild patience of yesterday is gone. She talks back and is immediately fired. Now, you already know the only time I was fired is when I asked someone if their friend was the top or bottom. But <laughs> Quinn... I feel like you've left some jobs on not good terms. Did I make this up? I don't know if I've ever been fired. No, that's not true. Yeah, I knew it couldn't be. (laughs) I know you. (laughs) I got fired in high school. I was working at a fast food Greek restaurant Mm. in Michigan, and I was fired because I refused to 
clean up a grease trap that I spilled. Oh. So it was kind of a quit firing. It was a yeah. game of chicken. Yeah. And we just both saw it all the way through. <laughs> so recently, my husband, Dr. Bald, was talking about his friend in high school worked at an ice cream shop. And it was this like well-known story in the area. He was working and they served a finger in <gasps> the ice cream because his coworker was doing something in the back where he was slicing and he sliced off mm. his whole finger. Oh. So he was in shock, the guy that did it. He was in shock. So he went to the ER. He didn't tell anybody. He just left. Huh. So this um, finger ended up getting served. To take that with yeah. <laughs> and then it was really fucked up because because it was preserved in ice cream, it was in perfect condition to be sewn back on, but there was like the small window that it had to happen, but the customer it was sold to wouldn't give him back his finger because it was his proof to sue the establishment. He could have just taken a picture. Right. There are many <laughs> other options or just like thinking, hey, there is proof because this guy's going to get his finger sewn back on. But instead, he like fucked over this other guy because he wanted to sue for money. And so that guy doesn't have a finger now. Huh. And he was fired because, you know, bad practices. Okay. Yeah. I was going to mm-hmm. wonder how we got here. You know what? I totally can see how something like that would happen. <laughs> Greed. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Beautiful. Meow. Patience is a woman with needs, so she schedules a coffee date at an Italian restaurant with the cop, a cab, who saved her life on the side of her building. Tom Lone. I know his name is Tom because Cap. of Cap. Oh. Tom Cap. This movie's that bad. Two of the 13 writers <laughs> high five when they came up with that one. <laughs> But she ends up standing him up to be a cat or whatever. So as an apology, they fornicate in front of elementary school students as they play basketball. They did not fornicate. They were pretty sexual. It was the same energy as Julia Stiles learning how to dance in Save the Last Dance. Mm. But with less boxy robotic (laughs) hips and weird shoulder movements. But just as much youth group energy. (laughs) I can't argue. (laughs) I like that scene. I think it's fun. It was a nice (laughs) instance to have a song. We didn't talk about this, but I was tricked for a number of years. I thought that the woman who sang a big part of the soundtrack, the beginning credits and the premiere of the outfit, I thought she was black. It turns out she's white. Mm. That was a problem for me. You were catfished. I was catfished. One of her lyrics was, ride on. And I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) No black singing woman would say that. Speaking of white women singing, the bar across the street from Patience raises hell yet again with loud music, and 411 clearly isn't helping. So Patience decides to take matters into her own hands. Pause. Pause. Got it. And she decides it's closing time. She kicks the door down, and Coyote uglies every piece of electronics in the place with the water hose. Which also gives her the idea for her whip. Mmm. Is that how we got there? Mm-hmm. You've watched this movie a lot of times, Quinn. Oh, he used to watch it every single night to go to sleep. This is your garden state. <laughs> this really tells a tale. One time I broke my glasses while watching it. I was sitting on the couch and I laughed so hard that I threw my head back and my glasses hit the wall behind me and broke it half. <laughs> So me and this movie got history. Was that divine intervention? Was that your rock bottom? Did you turn it off after that? No. no. 
That story makes me like this movie even more because that is just pure joy to throw your head back so triumphantly that you lose track of your glasses on your head. That's the type of joy I'm chasing. And I was alone. I didn't pick up on the fact that this was her whip origin story. I think I have maybe 97 more viewings till I'm so adept at picking up those subtle context clues. But this was the scene where I figured out what's wrong with Halle Berry. Are you ready to hear it? She isn't funny. (gasps) Disagree. They always give her these lines like in X-Men or in this movie, thanks for the party. I had fun. It's said without a trace of irony. Like she's delivering camp, but deadpan. There's no wink and a nod. That's the camp. No, but... She doesn't seem in on it. I'm not going to sit here and hear somebody say that Halle Berry is not funny when they have not seen Baps uh, and they have not seen Movie 43. Movie 43, she makes guacamole with her bare with titty, her titty, Chelsea. She crushes avocado in a bowl with her titty. <laughs> okay. Well, then let me say in superhero movies okay. then. Can I give the caveat that she should not be in Fine. any more superhero movies? Well, too bad because I think she's going to be in Deadpool. As oh, Catwoman? Really? No, as Storm. Oh, there was no. a picture of her with gray in her hair on her Instagram, and she oh. has gray in that hair when she's going to control the weather. <laughs> Halle Berry's very funny, but you're right. She's not really funny as a superhero. Bad writing can work against her. Yes. An attitude adjustment this extreme can't come without a makeover, so she cuts her own hair, goes full Project yeah. Runway on her only leather outfit, <laughs> and goes jewelry shopping well, stealing, where she has a run-in with two other robbers. Amateurs. I think that's it. Okay, if I can rescind my previous statement, uh-huh. it's just the accent work she does. <laughs> I can't pinpoint what region she's trying to emulate, but like, amateurs, thanks for the party. And I think because so much of her lines were just punchlines, but without setup. So it's like, Cat got your tongue. <laughs> it's like, he was about to answer your question. Let his tongue go. Like, she literally slowed down her own interrogation to do shit. That's like Republican. <laughs> oh, my God. Patience is out of patience. Uh. And goes to a local witch for answers. Ophelia Powers. Nobody said Ophelia was a witch. She is a witch. Look at her house. Look at her hair. Look at those papers she has stacked up. That is a witch. She has too many books. Burner. <laughs> Ophelia informs patients that she is a cat woman. Cat women are not contained by the rules of society. They follow their own desires. They will often be alone and misunderstood, but they will experience fierce independence, total confidence, inhuman reflexes. She can be free, and freedom is power. This is feminism. Mm-hmm. It's like coming out. That whole speech, that's like literally the advice you would give like somebody in the closet. That's like, you true. know, own all of who you are and there's freedom in that. I think this quote is probably the most important part of the movie. Okay, that's very sweet. And maybe this movie should be about coming out and not feminism. But Donnie, I want you to tell me why Catwoman is a feminist icon to you. In your own words, be specific. Tell me about feminism, please. In this movie or Catwoman mm-hmm. in general? This movie. Well... I like when a pretty girl is powerful. Um, <laughs> this movie p- passes the blood cold test. The Bechdel she test. She doesn't need a man. She just needs to steal jewelry. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. A woman can do whatever they set their mind to. Like uh-huh. steal jewelry, 
close the bar. So for those not following along on Patreon, patreon.com slash I am the cute one. In the video footage, Donnie has a Hillary Clinton pantsuit on and a <laughs> pussy hat as we speak. This is the thing. This is the same reason that I'm worried about the Barbie movie that's about to come out. It's like... The feminism equivalent of when a college student takes a Psych 101 course and starts, like, diagnosing people in their family. Like, okay, cool, you know who Freud is. Maybe, like, slow your roll on making therapy TikTok videos, you know? Like, I like it that it is making feminist ideas widely available to the public, but at the end of the day, you've got Quinn in the seats (laughs) hooting and hollering over Halle Berry's tits, you know? Uh... Okay, first of all, I did not, well, I kind of <laughs> did do that. But I also know what a real feminist movie is. And I'm sorry, Quinn, I don't know why I brought you into this when I'm trying to drag Donnie. But here's the thing, no, I'm glad he did because... Keep it towards the white man. You don't want to come for me. I'm going to run the race and then I'm going to win. Because here's so. the thing, at the bra burning, if I was hooting and hollering at titties, that doesn't make the action any less feminist. Just because of what I'm doing. So this movie is a feminist movie no matter what Donnie is doing. (laughs) Being a Catwoman also allows you to crack a whip, apparently. So she brings her new whip work to a nightclub where one of the men who killed her is touching himself in the corner. After she kicks his ass in an alley and throws some forced cat puns this way, she gets her answers. Buleen is turning people into monsters and Hedair is covering it up. One last trivia point. This movie was a big deal, and it was advertised, and Halle Berry and Benjamin Bratt were on Oprah promoting it, and Halle Berry taught Oprah how to crack a whip like she does in the movie. And somewhere, Roger Ebert was coming in his little panties. I can tell you who wasn't. Me. It was the most unsexy thing I've ever seen in my life. Love Oprah. Don't give over. Remember when the Cats movie came out, and Jason Derulo went on some talk show and showed showed them how to crawl like a cat. I mean, no. Drew Barrymore is three episodes away from doing that on her talk show. And she's not even promoting cat movies. No, she's, she's just like, today, everybody, we're going to be learning about cats. <laughs> Patience breaks into George Hedare's home to confront him about Buleen but instead finds his wife. And after being hit with a golf club and fighting down the stairs, Uh, Laurel gives her her phone. And that's when I realized that this was not a good movie. (laughs) (laughs) So like Walt Disney said, it's a small world after all, because the cop assigned to the jewelry store case is none other than the basketball-playing, coffee-drinking Tom... Thumb. What's his name? Lone. Lone. And because Patience is a stupid bitch who can't blend in, she leaves a note saying sorry at the scene of the crime in the same handwriting that she wrote <laughs> sorry for standing him up earlier. So to get her to admit to it, Tom takes her into the station. Just kidding. He takes her to a carnival. But before he can get answers, the Ferris wheel malfunctions and she uses her cat powers to save a little boy. I do not care if I had the powers of Zeus himself. If I was on that Ferris wheel when it was falling apart, I would come down covered in my own piss. <laughs> and that would stink if you were a cat. <laughs> Newsflash, it stink if he's a human. Hey now. This is what dreams are made I don't know how they didn't see her do that. There was a crowd full of people watching this Ferris wheel and nobody saw her cat-like jump from the top to get the boy, but you know, whatever. We're having fun. We're cats. That's exactly right. So, 
Patience decides she can't just flirt with Detective Tom when she's wearing a furry mask. She needs to show him her real self. So she goes on a date with him where she overeats sushi and the two get caught in the rain. Now, I only brought this up so, Quinn, you could tell us about the time you saw this in theaters. (laughs) Okay, so I saw this movie in the theater with my best friend, his nephew, and his mother. And we all sat in the line. And we watched the movie. And at other places during the movie where Halle Berry was acting more like a cat when she was eating tuna and everything, his mother would comment, yeah, cats like fish. (laughs) So when she didn't want to get in the rain and she ran, his mother sat there and nodded very self-assuredly, yep, cats don't like to get wet. (laughs) And my best friend leaned forward and said, hey. And so she turned and looked at him. And then he said, shut up. (laughs) And she stopped talking, and that was the end of all of us talking during the movie. (laughs) See, that's my future. No offense, Chelsea, but everything about you in 20 years has. Now, which one is he again? (laughs) So Laurel calls Catwoman on the phone she gave her to come up with a plan to bring down Buleen. But when she arrives, she finds her cat-like reflexes don't help with getting framed for murder. George is dead, scratched and shot to death, and Laurel is putting on quite a performance to the police. Oh, George, it's Catwoman. <laughs> she goes full Karen and calls the police on a black person who's <laughs> Another side effect of Buleen. White privilege. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I do still think that this movie is like if Ryan Murphy wrote an episode of Glee about the patriarchy. However, Mm. the line, I'm a woman, I'm used to doing all kinds of things I don't want to do. That's where I was like, all right, fuck feminism. So I'm right. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for teaching me about women and feminism. I just want to take this time and thank you as my feminist coach and teacher. Of course. And it's right off the heels of what you did for me with Racial Studies in America. Yeah. So you're just doing all that. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> So Tom has cracked the case and arrests Patience, but you can't keep a good cat down. So when Midnight sneaks into her cell, she remembers, duh, I'm a cat, and she sneaks out of her cell. I squeeze you through the bars. (laughs) I have some genuine questions, just logistics. What was this movie supposed to be? Was it a franchise? Was it a prequel? Like, what was it intended when they thought this was going to be like a blockbuster smash? What were their plan for this movie? I think this was just it. A standalone. Maybe it would have got a sequel. Yeah, I don't think Hollywood ever did anything where they would turn on a sequel. Right. Catwoman 2. C2. Um, Back to the pussy. A tale of two kitties. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Because this was just the point where, because she's making this big stink about how, like, I'm not bad, I'm not good, I'm whatever I want to be. And I'm like, but you're literally the bad guy in Batman. Actually, Catwoman is an antihero. She's oh, not a villain. Okay. Like a cat, she does whatever yeah. she wants. Just like a woman. Well, just like a cat. <laughs> She does what she wants to do. Well, yeah, but like a feminist should as well. You don't need to follow by a man's rules. You just do what you want. You know, I'm not going to make that argument. because I am, because guess what? Cat, woman. The duality of a cat and a woman. (laughs) Yes, exactly. God, thank you again, Bonnie. (laughs) Where would I be without you? How do you mourn the loss of a husband you murdered? Oh, wait, I do know the answer to that. What? There was a plan for... Oh, that. I thought you meant how you mourn the loss of a husband. (laughs) Me too. I was like, "Uh uh-oh. I'm marking down the time for a later date. (laughs) There was talk of Halle Berry's Catwoman appearing in Batman Begins. Oh, wow. That was quickly shelved. Oh, yeah. I would assume so. 
How do you mourn the loss of a husband you murdered? With the global launch of your product, of course. Now, this is where I have questions, Chelsea, because what was the long game here? It's already come out in testing that it has these side effects. Is this company not worried about lawsuits? Like, why are we still pushing this out if we know it burns your face up? It's the same reason the tobacco companies do it. Mm. It's dangerous to your health, but it's addictive and people are going to keep buying it. So actually, it's better than tobacco companies because if they kept using it, nothing would happen. Well, except for the headaches and fading and nausea. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. So as the product is rolling out, Catwoman heads to Buleen headquarters for a boss battle with Laurel. She admits to being patient, and the two fight next to posters of Sharon Stone. This is the best scene in the movie, hands down. Halle Berry gets poked in the stomach with that pole. Well, you know I'm all about the soundtrack. <laughs> ow, 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 ow. That's the whole soundtrack. Uh, that white woman just vocalizing. <laughs> she took samples from cats in heat from outside of her windows. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, it was a good scene. It was a good boss battle scene for what it was. There was a lot of scratching, and it was kind of, you know, girly. A cat fight. Yeah. So, Laurel falls at the end of this fight, like so many Disney villains before her, to her death. With Patience's hands, well, claws, clean, and Detective Tom lets her slink away into the moonlight. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, 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 that's like kind of like me and my best friend like whenever anybody's walking in their hot we kind of remake that music when she's on there so we just go like <laughs> and like we do it for each other too that's like look at me I'm walking and I'm hot soundtrack. I like that. <laughs> you Come left on. out that she died because Catwoman was able to disfigure her mm. living marble face with her diamond claws from Africa <laughs> I did leave that out. Thank God. She <laughs> would rather die than not be beautiful. I left that out because I didn't realize that's what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So thank and you. I'm going to say that Halle Berry's Catwoman, although incredibly flawed, has had some long-standing effects on the character Catwoman herself. For instance, Catwoman <laughs> is more likely to be cast as a darker-haired woman or a biracial woman because of being played by Eartha Kitt and now Halle Berry. So Catwoman was always blonde before, or like brown hair, like brown hair. Now it's always dark brown, shortcut. And because of this element of the mystical Katniss, Catwoman in video games and in movies, animated movies, is now more prone to run on all fours. Oh. That is something that came from this movie. Well, she actually that. has cat well, powers. Drew Barrymore yeah. is going to be studying up in those video <laughs> games. No, and I talked a lot of shit just because it's fun to talk shit. Oh, you should talk shit. It's not a good movie. But mm. I did come full circle with this movie. And I think that like now that I know, because this was my first time watching it. So now that I know what to expect, I think it's one of those movies that I'm going to enjoy more and more every time because I can enjoy the just bonkers, batshit crazy of this Catwoman. There's so much stuff you haven't even noticed yet. I can't wait for my glasses to fall off from laughing so hard <laughs> and break. So let's put some respect on Holly Berry's name. She made a bad movie, but she owned up to it. To this day, if you ask her what she rates it, she says 100. <laughs> she rides for it. She makes fun of it. She welcomes people. She said Black Panther was able to... <laughs> <laughs> to run because Catwoman crawled. She's always been all in about her work in this. She did all of her own stunts. She did? Yes. 
She did all of her own stuff. She was a former cheerleader, so she could do it. So the backflip she did, all of the fighting was not her. It was a Brazilian man who was doing crowd maga because that's the fighting style it was. But other than that, it was all Halle Berry. She oh, did wow. everything she could do for this yeah. movie. And her showing up to accept her Razzie is pretty awesome. She was involved yeah. in everything from beginning to end. Well, on that note, final thoughts. If we were to bring this movie to present day, who would we cast in a reboot or what would the plot of a sequel be? I think Lena Dunham as Catwoman, probably. (laughs) 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 Now that we've gone through it, I think it deserves a reboot. Mm. And I think it should be Halle Bailey, of course. Oh, okay. And I don't want to take away the Latino male lead because that's something that should stay because they don't get enough representation. So any Latino from Riverdale or something, it doesn't matter. (laughs) And as far as Sharon Stone's character, I would like that to be Lizzie McGuire. (gasps) <gasps> Hillary Duff? She's 40. No, I'm thrilled with this. I'm clearly not trying to make the movie better. It's tradition. <laughs> so I'm sorry to steal your answer, Donnie, but I did recently watch Nope, and Kiki Palmer <laughs> could be Catwoman. That would be brilliant. she is somebody that is funny. <laughs> That's as far as I got this week. I want the sequel to be Where Patience Phillips has to work with the X-Men so that we can see Storm and Catwoman Parent together. Situation. <laughs> Donnie, yeah. Catwoman is DC and Storm is Marvel. Okay. And they're going to join forces mm-hmm. for this. Just like when Disney and Looney Tunes joined for Roger Rabbit. So final, <laughs> final thoughts. What for us about this movie aged well and what aged like Blockbuster? Well, feminism's still in, so that <laughs> aged well. <laughs> Uh-huh. Titties are still in, so that aged well. <laughs> the haircut, unfortunately, is still ubiquitous, so I guess that aged well. I think the way they treated the gay character did not age well. Like, I think that was a disservice to us gays. Yeah, agreed. The CGI, my God. Rotten uh, milk. Stinky, well, stinky terrible. rotten milk in the fridge. <laughs> CGI is still bad and stuff. But that's I mean, it. The cast aged well, like literally. Oh, oh yeah. Halle, yeah, Halle Berry looks great. Alice Borstein looks great. Benjamin Brett, uh, he looks road hard and put away dry. <laughs> like Halle Berry's haircut. <laughs> Meow. <laughs> Meow. All right. So on that note, that is the end of our time together. Quinn, thank you for joining us. Let everyone know where they can follow you, where they can find you. You can follow me at the Quinn Lamar on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. And as far as touring... You can find the schedule on com or also my Instagram. I also shout out where I'm going to be. And on that note, we will talk to you later. Love, Love you like, like a sister. sister. Peace me out. Oh, no. <laughs> well, aren't you glad this one wasn't weird, Quinn? <laughs> Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to, to you later. later. Love you like, like a sister. sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.